Raising Unicorns. All right, everybody, welcome back to Raising Unicorns. On the podcast today, I have, again, yeah. Jake Christensen. What up? In the trenches at HB. HB. I think we're most known for, like, our sales, like, like the funny sales side of things. It's like, we're really persuasive. We're really, like, funny. But I think sometimes a big component that people overlook is the product itself uh-huh. and how we utilize it in advertising. So I'll give you, like, an example, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of this if you have an example of this. I remember... We wrote this ad for a company called Camp Chef. They had a smoker uh, grill. It's kind of like a pellet grill, kind of like a Traeger. That it was called the Woodwind Grill. We like knew going into this ad, we needed to really simplify where we were filming it and not spend a lot of money on like the big spectacle of like what we filmed because we needed to do most of our creative energy and focus had to be on the product itself. Mm -hmm. And then we had like a big debate of whether the product itself was the actual grill or the food coming off the grill. And we're like, it's probably 75% food coming off the grill, 25% the actual product itself. Mm. So we spent like two weeks filming the grill with like amazing food on it, whether it's like big old tomahawk ribeyes or smoked corn or, you know, grilled chicken breasts or, you know, all these different things, burgers. Cause like at the end of it, the product that you're buying is really good food that just comes out of this, like, you know, this, this camp chef grill. Right. Right. Which that in itself is just a really interesting thing to like, think about is like, okay, your product shop might not actually be your product. Like the most effective product shop might be what your product produces yeah you know? 100%. Like, if you're making a dope waffle maker like show us some awesome waffles like, yeah and then like show us the waffle maker second but like first i want to see what it can do and then it's like oh and that's what it looks like cool i'm in yeah it's kind of like if you have like a, like a car cleaning product or something like that or like a car washing product it's like the finished product that you're buying or the benefit is the clean car or like a carpet cleaner that's like the amazing transformation of dirty to clean is like the benefit you're buying uh-huh. the product might be the brush or the the cleaning agent but that's like not what you're buying you're you know you're you're right. really trying to get buying the end result which is the clean carpet so right. you want to make sure the product is what they're buying right uh-huh. like like for instance like like a go treads um which is a client we did a, a campaign for where it's like a like this kind of traction device you could get stuck in the snow you get out of the snow or by putting this underneath it basically acts as like a, something that gives it additional traction to get out of sand or mud or whatever uh-huh. and like you can't be like hey your car is free now it's like you actually have to show it in action and be like right. that's the benefit you're yeah you're gone and you can see it like actually moving where it was stuck previously yeah. so oftentimes it is you know what i mean yeah so that is just something interesting to think about when you're coming up with product shots is like is it more important to show what your product does or to show the product itself and yeah. like yeah it's just such an interesting thing to like think about with all the different products and everything like that i think the litmus test for that is what is the biggest value it gives you know back because like with chat books when we did that campaign back in the day the biggest value wasn't necessarily the book it was that you could get the book without added extra time and it simplified everything so it gave you time back that was what it gave to the moms is like you can get this thing that you already feel guilty about without spending more time right and then there's cute memories you have in there but a lot of it was a Around, you can do this without taxing your time more and you can get the benefit while not losing more time. We tried to show her crazy life while still having these great photo books because it didn't make her life more complicated. Yeah, it's just interesting because I think you have to figure out what you want to spend your time filming. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh-huh. It's so inefficient in terms of like your shooting day to have a bunch of that time be dedicated to just product shots. Because at the end of the day, if you plan it appropriately, you only need a handful of people, especially if it's macro. And if it doesn't have to be interacting with the, the talent or the background in a meaningful way, and like you don't need this huge team of people to support these oftentimes tabletop shots. You know what I mean? It takes four 
forever to get that perfect shot. Yes. And so having that small crew where you're not like, holy crap, we are burning through thousands of dollars an hour uh-huh. is so nice to have the flexibility of being like, it's just that the couple of us, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and we can shoot long. We can have it be a little less stressful environment. Like you're saying, like be a little bit more chill. Cause you can always be like, all right, we're not renting a huge studio. It's usually we're doing it here or Jake has a little studio that mm-hmm. he owns that we'll like go over there and rent there. We, it's like, okay, we can extend to the next day and do, you know, a couple shots and finish it off in the morning. Mm-hmm. But like, do yourselves a favor and not shoot it on set with a crew of 20 plus people because right. it is too stressful for that, like in too hard to get those shots for that type of environment. I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is like what are some of the tips for filming product shots? And one of the things that I think frazzles hard or sometimes food stuff is hard because yeah. it's like it doesn't have a distinctive like demonstrability to it. It's like you can direct someone to have like a really blown away face when they're like, this is so amazing. But like Uh then there's other products where it's like, you want to showcase the product in action the best way possible, right? And Mm -hmm. so you want to show it in an interesting visual way that makes it like really like kind of highlight its very best attributes or how good it is at a given task, right? Right. I think that's one thing we always try and think about is like, what's an extreme example of how we can show the strengths of this product? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a interesting way to like a torture test or um, like, like for instance, like fiber fix chucking it off of a, a cliff you know to tell like how how strong is it you know what i mean yes and then like we had like there's one shot in particular we got where there's a macro shot it wasn't actually on the car we did a huge it's like one of those like um like road barrier blocks of, of like concrete that weigh like a ton it's like a ton or two or like two tons i think is what it is but we actually had him drill a pipe into it and like like cement it in and then we did some fiber fix and actually physically dropped it on it so it could have the impact we needed to like have like the the, the actual impact from real weight hitting the ground on this bend of a pipe that was held together. These two pipes were held together by fiber fix to uh-huh. like showcase it. Right. So we did it for real. This is probably actually in many ways more heavy than the Geo Metro that we had because that thing didn't have a transmission or a oil pan. Like it doesn't have the engine. It's basically a shell. Right. But like we had, like just had to get that like really impactful hit. And uh-huh. so you could see like, oh man, that's actual real force. It's kicking up dust and it's not bending. It's not giving. It's super, super strong. I was talking to Jeffrey Harmon about this idea for his purse that we it was at a different agency I'd worked at uh-huh. and he was like I had this idea of like doing a torture test for his purse because it was it had like a they called it the tech pouch which was like this little pocket you could put an iPad in that would protect it you know from keys and other stuff in there basically it's just like a padded you know basically a, a sleeve for it yeah I had the idea of like let's check it off a four story building uh-huh. and then that's what we ended up doing but he was like you should build a trebuchet and you should launch that thing <laughs> like, like a mile and I'm like I don't think that'll work I don't know if women are going to resonate with a trebuchet that feels like a dude thing right. but like it's a good example of like take it to an extreme to see how well your product produces under pressure and that's how we did it with like purple is we were like okay this egg test is like this thing you sit on the egg to like test it it's like oh the egg doesn't break but it's like that's not visually interesting Mm-hmm. So that's why they, they wanted to put it up on the plate glass to show it's like this is 330 pounds of really thick glass and it's dropping from this huge height that's you know huge force you can actually see it because it's trans you know it's transparent yeah and so the that's how I think a really good approach to like thinking about how can I showcase the torture test of my product right kind of jump into another yeah tip. go for it man tips are galore yeah another tip that I have loved using is a probe lens which for those of you who don't know it's a long and skinny lens that has has a focal length like very short so like you can get super close to something and it won't be out of focus oh yeah it's minimum focus distance is really yeah really really close yeah and it has like a little light on the end like if you look up videos of cool 
um problems videos on youtube there's so many and they're so, so they're so fun to watch like they're so rad but it's like honey i shrunk the kids where you're just like on this way tiny scale you don't usually see yeah and it makes just it makes the little details of your product just really pop i remember we did a, a shoot for kizik that was similar to the frazzle one it was at the same place it was in my studio we were getting some product shots with a probe lens and we got this idea for one where we had like the shoe spinning with like fishing line running through it so that to hold it up and then we had it on a white backdrop so that you couldn't see like we didn't you didn't even have to vfx out the string because you couldn't see it the way that we had it lit and uh and then we had the probe lens going we had this shoe slowly spinning and as it came to the flat side of the shoe we went in with the probe lens towards it and then as it continued to spin towards like the wider side of the shoe or the like the toe side of the shoe we would back away so the probe lens was kind of staying roughly the same distance from it the mm -hmm. whole time and it looked so cool and we ended up using it in the videos obviously but bryson who's our vfx guy when i showed him the shots he thought they were 3d models so he thought we had like 3d <laughs> rendered these shoes and he was like Where, who'd you guys get to do this like he was offended that we didn't ask him <laughs> to do that and I was like, dude, this is practical. He's like, this is my job. Right. <laughs> I'm taking my job. Yeah. I was like, this is a practical shot and this is no editing like done to it. And he was just blown away by it. But that, that's just one instance of one of the many times that the probe lens has just impressed me so much. Yeah. Probe lens, is that, it has a unique perspective yeah. on stuff that looks like it, it is in that uncanny valley of like, wait, is this real? Like, I think this is real. All the physics look way too good and everything looks so real, but it's mm -hmm. like, because it gives you a weird, everything is in focus, like very shallow, like close or very, very close stuff is in focus on a macro scale that you're like, whoa, I've never seen that before. Cause you guys can't like focus that way. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. But if you do use it, it's going to take a ton of light. Cause I think at the minimum yes. or max aperture is like F8, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty stop down. So if you use it, be prepared to rent a ton of lights. Especially if you're shooting in high frame rate at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That'll really. <laughs> it's like a double whammy because high frame rate, even like on a wide open lens also takes a ton of like light. Uh -huh. And so if you're doing it with a probe lens, it takes two tons of light, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So one of the things that we've done um, that's been very, very helpful is um, product shots is being able to, like I said, going into the studio is very, very helpful. And sometimes having a back background or a white background is really easy to do. When we've had places where like, man, we really need this to be in, in the environment. It needs to be in this cabin we filmed at or in this really cool back or this cool bathroom that has, you know, marble countertops and like, you know, backdrops to it or walls to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, really hard to like be able to be like, okay, let's go back and rent that house house or rent that cabin sometimes those places are thousands of dollars a day mm -hmm. and then there's like you have a locations manager it's a huge pain but now with some of the screens you can buy jake pushed for this a couple years ago for getting a big 77 inch oled and you don't even have to have a 77 inch oled i have a 55 at my or 65 at my house and i did a bunch of product shots one time when i needed to in a pinch in front of my tv you can just use it as a digital background mm -hmm. and it's super cool because if you get the right image and it's the right perspective that's the big key is getting the right perspective you can actually do a dolly shot with the object in front of between you your camera and the screen and you can actually have some parallax effect that actually sells really really well like there's several shots in the skull shaver hero video we did for them that are actual people shaving their heads with a bathroom background that we just found on like Envato and just put up on the on the screen but we had it zoomed in on a longer lens so it had some compression mm -hmm. and you would never be able to tell and it sells the parallax super super well we did the same thing on frazzle 
And uh, in order to sell the parallax, we brought in our own sand. And so we had frazzles like sitting in the sand and then we had a beach and ocean on the TV behind it. And you, you know, we got sand that matched the same color as the sand in the video and you couldn't tell where our sand ended and the sand in the video began. Yeah, we did the same thing with Kodiak Cakes. We did a bunch of sh shots of food because food, again, is so temperamental. And to be inside of a very expensive cabin doing food shots is so expensive. It just stresses me out. <laughs> and also, like, I feel like you make compromise decisions when you're in those environments because you're like, I got to stay on my shooting schedule. I got a first aid breathing down my neck. Right. I also want to make sure I don't miss other things for the client and give them the maximum value. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it is so much cheaper even to buy, like, the, the nicest, biggest OLED. Like, because I think they max out at 77 inches. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it might be, what, 3500 bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you're going to use this on an ongoing basis for product shots, it pays for itself so fast because of the cost of renting a house on the lowest at least in our market is like four to like 600 bucks on the low end for like a half day kind of thing mm -hmm. and they can go up to like twenty five hundred dollars a day for a location uh -huh. and so if you are not getting these stills or you can't replicate this in a studio you're just like you're looking at spending a super high amount of money uh -huh. that you could easily capture something or you could easily capture something on set and then put on the OLED really cheaply yeah and i think that goes back to like what's the actual thing benefit that they're getting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like showing the product with the interesting movement is like definitely something we like to utilize because, you know, we're so desensitized to ads so often and like that's just seeing something that feels like you've seen it a thousand times before. I think there's a subconscious level of your brain that's just like, I've seen this even if I haven't seen this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it goes, it kind of automatically is categorized as something that's like, oh, I know what this is. The other thing I put a caveat on there is sometimes we get really like wrapped up in like the cool creative move, but as long as it's actually showing the product in action, as long as it's actually clear what it is, I think is the biggest criteria for me. Yes. Like, because, and, and designing camera movement around showing a value prop of it or showing it in action, right? Like showing, again, kind of going back to the demonstration piece of it, whether it's shaving someone's head, testing it, the, the supportive nature of a mattress, or like uh, for Kodiak Cakes, we did a similar movement. We did that arc movement and we wanted to show the versatility mm. of their waffles and what they can, all the different ways you can serve them, whether it's with peanut butter or with, and with like, you know, strawberries and cream or whether it's with Greek yogurt or whether it's chicken and waffles they want and they want we wanted to show all these different use cases in a looping ad yeah. that had like all these different toppings kind of being drizzled on top and making it look really beautiful but like you can do all sorts of sor sorts of things with this food and it's very versatile so right. like designing camera movement around like showcasing a big element of the the product is a big thing i think it kind of motivates the, the cool factor but also like is a twofer it's like kind of when we always talk about joking downstream mm -hmm. you know it's like the joke actually hits a value prop it's like the camera movement and the way we're shooting it actually shows a value prop with the product so. cool man this this is the best stuff this is like the fun stuff i think jake and i like live for because like it's like the fun it's like the most fun part about filming is like using film to like bring something to life in a different way that you couldn't otherwise and i would say if you have like the time and budget try a stupid product shot like just get try, try a tidal wave try things yeah exactly try things that oh i don't think this will work like i don't know that, that's been so fun for me is trying different product shots so many of them haven't worked uh it's, it's a thing of always pushing us trying yeah. to always outdo ourselves trying to do something that we haven't done before trying to do something that you haven't seen done before and oftentimes you haven't seen it done before because it doesn't work but or it's hard <laughs> or it's hard yeah exactly but yeah i freaking love making a shot list for product shoot days it's so fun, time. fun man well cool hopefully it was helpful for the audience and yeah. jake i appreciate your wisdom and guidance yeah so until next time until next time thank you for watching raising unicorns subscribe now